Okay, hello, hello, and welcome to the very last episode of Lioness Podcast 2021. You know, this actually this actually does feel pretty exciting. Yes, those are fireworks in the background. This does feel pretty exciting um, to record my last episode of this year because I started this show this year. We are in the 20s, you know, in episodes. I think this is, what, 23? I'm not totally sure. But yeah, last episode of the year. Now... To set the scene for you, I am laying in a hammock on a porch in a pretty cool beach house in a town outside of Rio called Nitaroi. So I'm still in Brazil, still right by Rio, but we pretty much take this big bridge over Guanabara Bay to Nitaroi, which is just kind of like a smaller beach town with lots of beach houses and I haven't really explored much because we're mostly here to just be in the beach house with Bruno's family. So in the background you may hear rain, you may hear children playing, and I guess you may hear fireworks even though it's like 10 (laughs) a.m. Brazilians may love their fireworks more than Utahns do. So you may also hear fireworks in the background. Hopefully the sound isn't too bad. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Um, So let's just go ahead and get tuned in for today's episode. If you're with me, let's just take a breath in. I know. Okay, I have moved into somewhere quieter (laughs) because... It is getting louder and louder outside. Um, You know, I am not surrounded by toddlers very often. And we've got, let's see, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old here. And just watching them play and just be in, they're just so joyful all day. Like there's a pool, there's a beach, there's grass, there's flowers. Like they have everything they could ever need. And watching them be so enthralled and excited and joyful and just having so much fun with just like a pool and some toys and some sand it's (laughs) it really reminds me like we don't really need a lot to enjoy ourselves I just I love spending time around these kids they're the they're the cutest stinking things ever and uh they're very patient with me and my lack of Portuguese they'll repeat themselves multiple times it's like there's no awkwardness when I'm talking to them because All of us are learning to speak Portuguese together. (laughs) Anyways, so my intention for today is to actually just share with you about my journey of getting to Brazil and then, you know, um, maybe doing a part two to answer questions that you might have about my time here. You know, Lioness podcast is about spiritual contemplations. It's definitely not a travel podcast, but my life my entire life since I was a baby, I've been a traveler and I've been very blessed that way. I've been traveling my entire life. I don't know how many countries I've been to at this point, but it's a part of my life. And um, I think it was Juliana. I'll shout out to her because I think it was her when I posted like, do you guys want to hear me talk about Brazil on my podcast? And I put in the poll, like, well, is it spiritual? And Juliana replied to it saying, all traveling is spiritual. And I was like, yes, thank you. Exactly. Because I truly believe all travel is a spiritual experience. Even if you're just driving, you know, six hours out of your hometown or whether you're flying across the world to a completely foreign country, you will have a spiritual experience, whether you know it or not. Every time we venture away from home, we learn something new about ourselves. And the moments in my life when I my life has been changed for good has been the moments when I have left the country and experienced something completely new. Little did I know that I would fall in love with someone who is from a different country and that we would be living this kind of international lifestyle of visiting her family and her friends every year. So getting here 
is really the story I want to tell today because it was it was a wild journey and um, I guess I hope that you're interested in hearing the story. If you're not, just leave this episode, go listen to something else. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think if you watch my stories and you keep up with me, you might have noticed I was in Brazil without Bruna for five days and that was wild. Um, and you might be like, how, how the hell did you let that happen, Jane? Um, so I will tell you how that happened. So first of all, um, Bruna has this amazing friend, um, who works for Delta and he lives in the States and every year at Christmas, he gives Bruna buddy passes to fly home to Brazil, which is like the kindest, sweetest thing in the world, honestly. Like who does that? So every year he gives us buddy passes to go home. <laughs> us, as if it's me too. Last year he gave me a buddy pass too. This year he like he's just like sure. So last year was my first time coming to Brazil with Bruna. It was during the pandemic, um, and so we were really low key. We were only here for about twenty days, maybe, and we really just spent time with our family. Went to the beach. We didn't do much else. The pandemic was pretty, uh, what is the, what, what do I want to say? It was raging. <laughs> Here we are a year later. It's still raging. Um, but now we're vaccinated. Yay. And Bruna's whole family is vaccinated and, um, everyone wants to travel now, which is what we found. So here's what happened. We got our buddy passes probably in October and decided we're going to go for a month because Bruna and I are both doing well enough now that we could leave town for a month, keep working, and paying our way to be here. We're very blessed. So we got our tickets and everything, and then this is just the classic issue. And I don't know if anyone else out there has, you know, a single parent who doesn't have a partner, and you worry about what are they going to do on the holidays if I'm not here. This is a, this is a concern of mine. This is a worry that I have all the time. So if anyone resonates with this, let me know. Like, should we start a support group of how to have how to help each other? Um, because I told my dad I would go to Thanksgiving with him in Oregon. And then I told Bruno that I would go to the holidays with her in Brazil. And all I'm thinking is what am I what am I gonna tell my mom? Like, see ya mom, I'm leaving you on Christmas. Have fun. Bye. So I was like, Mom, you wanna come to Brazil with us? And my mom was like, yeah, I do. Hell yeah, 100%. Like it was just, okay, cool, let's do it. My mom's a big traveler, but no one in my family has been to South America, believe it or not. Um, and tickets to Rio were crazy expensive. Um, and so it took her a while to finally buckle down and find a flight. But once she did, we were so excited she found a flight to be here with us for the first week during Christmas, and then um, we booked this gorgeous Airbnb um, just right in the corner by Copacabana Fort um, for us all to be in for the first week together. And she found a beautiful hotel to land in and then to take off from. That's a whole travel process that if you want to learn more about these processes I have, I can definitely make more episodes about traveling. Um but anyways, so we're getting very excited. We're getting very excited. Tracy's coming to Rio. It's going to be so much fun. Um, Tracy has already met Bruna's whole family because they have been able to come to the States a few times, which is so lucky. So everyone's already familiar. So fast forward to about uh, five days before our departure and our Delta friend Blake is saying, Ooh, flights aren't looking good. Ladies flights are not looking good. They are oversold like crazy, like 15 seats oversold. And he's like, I'm, I'm a little, you know, you might get out on Christmas Eve. You might not. Meanwhile, my mom has booked her ticket for the 19th. So I'm starting to get very stressed <laughs> and my mom's texting us like what are what do we do what do you guys think we should do and I'm like I don't know and Bruno's like we'll figure it out and I'm like we need to figure it out 
And the Aries control freak in me is like, we need to sit down and figure this out this moment. And instead, I do something which I'm very, this is me learning. I said, okay, on Thursday at three o'clock, we're going to meet at Gormandy's. We're going to sit down. We're going to figure this out. We're not going to leave that restaurant until we f- have a plan and we figure out what we're going to do. So the three of us get together. We sit down. We, you know, we talk through all of our options. And my mom and Bruno both say, why don't we buy Jane a ticket and you guys fly out together? And then that will help Bruna's chances to get in. And that way, at least, if she doesn't get in, I'll be there with her and we can hang out in Copacabana. And it's so funny. This is a, my immediate response was, no, that is not the plan. (laughs) My immediate response is, no, I'm traveling with Bruna. I don't want to be in Brazil alone either. I want Bruna there with us. But buying Bruna also a ticket, like we're starting to rack up some cash here. <laughs> and, uh, and this is actually in these moments right here. This is what I call a third eye closure. The chakra, my chakra of my third eye was closing up in that moment. I was not willing to open up to new possibilities. I wasn't willing to open up to new ideas. I was very stuck in this is the plan and we can't change it. We just have to somehow make this work. And those are the moments when I really want to catch myself. Maybe even, you know, put my palm to my third eye. Duh. Open it up. Can you adjust? Can you adjust? Can you start imagining yourself flying out? to Rio on Sunday and being there with your mom until Bruna shows up. And I start thinking, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this. And by the end of the two hours we spent at Gormandy's, we have finished our food. We have finished our cappuccinos. (laughs) We're still sitting there. Bruna's ordering dessert. And I say, okay, I think our only option is that we buy me a ticket. And then... If, if you travel and you're listening, you're like, Jane, aren't the flights oversold? How could you find a ticket? We couldn't find a ticket. We could not find a ticket. It took us two hours to come to that decision. We're looking everywhere for a ticket. My mom's on the phone with Delta. He wants me to fly to Chile and then up to Bahia and then down to Rio. And I'm just like, this is getting, I'm just, at this point, I'm spent. At this point, I'm like, let's cancel all of it. And so we get home later that night around 7. Bruna's like, just check again. And I get on. And all of a sudden, I'm not kidding you. Oh, let me pause. While we were, and this is, this is a main theme through this process. While we were there at Gormady's, I stopped. And I put my hands together and I closed my eyes and I prayed. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. Please, please bring me the answer. Just please bring me the answer. Help me to see. Help me to see. Help me to see more clearly. Give me 360 degrees of perspective. Please clear out all of my impure intentions and help me to see clearly. And then I let that prayer go and go back to stressing out like I was. And uh, so we get home later that night and Bruno's like, just check it out. So I get on Priceline and I just search flights to Rio. And I kid you not, all of a sudden there are 10 New United flights going to Rio that Sunday, all of the sudden. And they're like $2,000, which is cheap. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. They added, they added more flights. They added more flights. There's like a, sh- like they let me choose my seat on the plane. I got to choose the front seat because nobody had bought any flights yet. I was like looking at the sky, like, Gooder and Pache, thank you so much for sending these flights. So I buy the ticket and, and all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I'm leaving the country in two days. I am not ready. I am not ready to leave yet. You know, I'll get ready, but I was not ready. So then everything just kind of kicked into high gear and it was like, okay, time to get ready to leave. You are leaving. You are flying to Rio by yourself. You will get there by yourself and you may not see Bruna for a long time. And I kept telling myself, Bruna will be able to get there easier if I'm not with her. It will be easier for Bruna to get there having one buddy pass, right, than two. So it'll all be fine. So 
um, get all packed and everything. As we're driving to the airport, I get a message that says, your flight has been delayed one hour. And Bruno's like, oh, no, well, do you want to go home? And I'm like, no, just take me there anyways. Like, I just, for me, I'm one of those people, I love to travel. But the process of getting my suitcase out the door and getting to the airport and checked in, my anxiety levels just skyrocket. I do not know why. I don't know why. Um, but once I'm through security... I'm good. Like all the biggest wave of relief comes over me. So I was just like, I don't care if it's delayed. I just want to get there. And then I'm like, wait a minute. If it's delayed, but I have a connecting flight in Chicago that's only 30 minutes. And then I have a connecting flight in Sao Paulo. And I'm like, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. And Bruno's like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And I'm just like, it's not going to be fine. So I get to the airport and I go up to the gate and um, I'm like, hey, lady, um, my flight's delayed and I'm really stressed. And she's like, oh, honey, I got you. And she starts looking and I'm watching her face and I'm watching her little fingers on the keyboard and I'm watching her face and I'm just like, this is not going to be good. And her face just keeps getting more and more, you know, kind of frustrated and, well, this ain't right. And she looks at me and she's like, yeah, honey, there is no way you're making that connecting flight. We are going to need to put you on a whole new set of flights. And I don't got nothing today. Everything is oversold. And I'm just like, fuck, no. My mom is already on her way to Rio. She is going to get there and she is going to be alone in Rio without me. And I just want to pause right here because you know again I come from a family of travelers travelers my great grandma was an uh, air force brat like my dad's all of his businesses are in Asia like going to being alone in Bangkok nothing crazy to me also nothing crazy to my mom like we can handle being in foreign countries but Rio de Janeiro is is just different it's a it's a it's a dangerous city, and I don't want to say that in a in a judgmental or negative or harsh way, but it is. Um, and not everyone there speaks English, whereas in a lot of foreign countries, most people speak English. And so there was just a lot of layers of like, my mom is a skinny little white lady, that, and she will stand out like a sore thumb in this country. And I just wanted her to feel safe. That's all. Like she was not trying to go hang out in Rio de Janeiro by herself. And I honestly wouldn't recommend, I don't want to sound unfeminist right now. I wouldn't want to recommend any women go hang out in a place like this by themselves. Um, I know so many men who are wealthy, who are like, oh, I go party in Rio de Janeiro all the time. And it's like, that's male privilege. I'll just say it. Okay. Okay, so sorry, I got sidetracked. I just, you know, I just didn't want her to be alone in this country. She didn't come here to hang out by herself. (laughs) So I was getting pretty stressed and I was telling the lady like, yo, I'm going there to meet my family. My mom's going to be there before me. She doesn't speak the language. Like, I need to get on this flight. And she's like, I I can tell that she's getting ready to be like, ma'am. I can't control this. You're not getting on this flight. Like, I can tell that she's getting ready to be like, oh, I'll have to tell this lady that she's going nowhere. And I just, again, I closed my eyes. I put my hands together and I just started praying. And behind me, there were like 50 people. The line just started building behind me. It was awful. It was awful. The line was building behind me. I was standing there for an hour and I was just closing my eyes, just praying. And I was just being quiet. Just let, I knew this lady was doing the best that she could. And I was just praying, praying praying like please please go to Rinpoche give me the message what am I to learn here how 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 do I need to learn to let go what do I need to let go of like please just help me see this clearly I'm letting go I'm releasing I'm surrendering you know this is how I pray and I open my eyes and I just you know I just see her and she's still just shaking her head and then my phone lights up and I look at my phone and I have an email that says your flight is now less delayed. I'm not even joking you. That's what it said. An email that says, your flight is now less delayed. I've never seen a message like that before. 
And I'm like, oh my God. And I tell the lady, I'm like, I just got a message from you guys that my flight is 30, it's it's 30 minutes less delayed. And she she's like, what? Let me see. And she looks at it and she looks at her screen and she's like, oh my God, you're going to make it. You're, you're going to make it. You're going to have, you're going to, you're going to be able to make it. You're going to have 30 minutes to run like hell. You're young. You look healthy. You're going to run like hell to the other airport, to the other terminal. And I was like, okay. And she's like, gets me all my stuff. She's like, you're going to make it. And she's just, she was so excited for me. And I was like, thank you. I was like, my prayers have been fucking answered. I walked through security in two seconds and there I am. I'm like, I made it, you guys. I made it. The guy at the desk even puts me He's like, oh, let's put you at the front. Like, oh, I've done Chicago so many times, hon. Like, you're going you're gonna to run right through there. You're going to be totally fine. And so I was still a little anxious that something might happen. Like, the, 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 the plane itself took so long to show up to the gate that I was like, I cannot rest. Like, this is, even though, you know, the message that Gurumpache was sending me was to chill the fuck out, I was just like, why is this, why has this process been so difficult? That's what I kept asking is like, the journey has been difficult. <laughs> is it going to pay off? Because, you know, I like enjoying the journey and I'm not enjoying this journey. <laughs> so I get on the plane. I make it to Chicago. I run like hell to the next terminal. I get there just in, there are people sprinting past me. I'm like, there are people trying to make way more intense connections than me. I make it. I get on the flight. I'm on the flight to Sao Paulo. We've made it. We've made it, you guys. And the only downside, of, and this is just funny to me, every time I get on an international flight, I order a little miniature bottle of whiskey. It's my little treat. United does not carry hard alcohol. They only carry booze. They only carry wine and beer. And it's funny because we were kind of joking, like me and some of my like Delta friends, like joking, like, yeah, I'm not flying Delta. I'm not getting miles for this. Like, I can't believe it. And then I get on the flight and there's, there, he's like, oh, we don't have whiskey on this plane. I'm like, you mean to tell me I'm going to be on this flight for 10 hours and I don't get to have my whiskey? I'm not an alcoholic, you guys, I swear. And he's like, I have wine or beer. I'm like, you, you think I want a wine or beer instead? Anyways, I was fine. I just had ginger ale <laughs> and I watched a bunch of movies and I got a bunch of work done. Anyways, besides the point, <sighs> I got to Sao Paulo and that's when I finally had a long layover. And that's when I finally got to feel what it was like to be in that culture, in that country without Bruna. Bruna looks Brazilian the second you see her. I look American the second you see me. And so when I'm with Bruna in this country, everyone just refers to her. She does all the translating. She does everything. So I get here alone and it's just like, okay, I'm here alone. And I get to the little check-in place and I'm looking for my gate and I'm not seeing it. And I just ask a guy next to me like, hey, and I'm in an international airport. So my instinct is to just speak English. And I'm just like, hey, I'm just looking for my gate for this flight. And he's like, Oh, você fala espanhol? And I'm like, no, but I speak a little bit of Portuguese. And he's like, oh, okay. And he starts speaking Portuguese. And he tells me, um, like, did you did you take your suitcases already? Do you have your suitcases? Are you good? And I was like, no, I already dropped off my suitcases. This is all I have. And he's like, oh, good. Then you your flight isn't until later. And you just need to, you know, a, a few hours before your flight, you can come and check and it'll show what terminal it is. You're just, you're too early right now. Like, you've got time to kill. And I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And I walk away and I'm like, I just had a full-on conversation in Portuguese. I just understood everything he said. Like, what? It was just wild to me because I've been studying Portuguese for three years and I'm not confident at it and I'm always awkward. And it was just one of, like, I just realized, like, okay, I got a little, like, confidence boost. And, and I'm also feeling that um that when you when you travel a lot, like, uh, you kind of feel like you're on a boat. And it kind of feels like you're rocking. And so I decided to spend, I had like five hours. I decided that I would just walk the terminals and listen to music and voice message some of my friends and just try to stay like aw aware 
um, until the time came to get on the next flight, which was only an hour into Rio. So on the last flight, because I was finally relaxed, I started this amazing book called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh my God. It's about it's about gays who are closeted in Hollywood. It's just a story about this woman. Um, oh my God, it's so good. So I read that book the whole time. And I knew that when I got to the airport, our good friend Louise would be picking me up right out front. So it was really, really nice to get out and, you know, walk outside to gorgeous Rio de Janeiro and to see our sweet friend Luis right there, gave me a hug, got in his car, and he only speaks Portuguese, and we were just chatting like crazy the drive back, and he took me to this gorgeous hotel, the Emiliano, where my mom had just checked in, and there's my mom, and the hotel was amazing, and the hotel took very good care of us which is why there are certain situations where it's really good to be in a hotel and certain situations where it's way better to be in an Airbnb. So now we'll fast forward a little bit because I'm like, okay, when's Bruna going to show up? When's Bruna going to show up? When's Bruna going to show up? And during this time, United and Delta cancel over 200 flights. So if you can imagine what that did to the standby lists and to everyone on buddy passes. And we get to a point where like Bruna is not going to make it. Like there is no promise she's even going to make it on Christmas. And I'm pissed. Like I am just so mad. So mad. And we are all, all of us, we're all looking online for tickets to buy her. We're all trying to figure something out. And finally, Bruna's big sister saves the day and just buys her a ticket. And the, the sad thing is Bruna had already used her buddy pass to get to Atlanta. She got stuck in Atlanta on Christmas Eve. It was just really sad. It was really sad. <laughs> she got stuck in Atlanta on Christmas Eve. Um... And me and my mom went over to Bruna's sister's house to have Christmas dinner with their family without her. And it was really fun. I love Bruna's family. They're so amazing. Um, my Portuguese has in improved massively. Her sister's English has improved massively. And um, and so it was, it was like we could all really just hang out. They already knew my mom. And uh, it was really, really nice Christmas Eve, but... Not having Bruna there was, like, really, really depressing. But, you know, I learned a lot from this. And I kept on asking myself, like, what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to learn from this? And a big thing that I learned is that when we're traveling and when we're Earth humans in this universe, we just need to be like water, like a drop of water just flowing through the river, just allowing the universe to carry you where you're meant to go. And if you see a big boulder in your way, you just allow yourself to flow around it. You don't let it stop you or turn you the other direction. You can't go backwards up a river. You just keep flowing and trusting that the natural flow of things, the natural love of nature, the natural intelligence of the universe is going to take you where you're meant to go. That's the more spiritual understanding I, I kept having. But there was also a more literal human understanding, which is, you guys, I am in love with Rio de Janeiro. I am in love with this city. I don't know what it is. I get here, I feel grounded. I feel more connected to the earth. I feel more connected to other people. I feel so peaceful which is weird because it is loud as hell here. It is so loud here. <laughs> but something in me feels so calm when I'm here. There's something different about the energy here. And I just love it here so much. And it's weird because I fell in love with a woman who's from here who doesn't want to live here because she doesn't feel calm here. She feels calm in my hometown. What feels like home to her is Salt Lake City. And what feels like home to me is being here in Rio. It's bizarre. 
I just love everything about this culture. I love that I get to wear absolutely no clothing when I look when I leave the house and nobody looks at me wrong because everyone else is doing it. I love that everybody on the beach is wearing tiny bikinis and tiny speedos in all their different bodies because everybody's so beautiful. I love that we eat and drink and we have all the pleasures that we could ever want just at our fingertips. I love the art. I love the music. I love the dancing. I love the food. I love the, the murals in the city. I love everything about this country. And a big dream of mine, a big manifestation that I'm holding is that instead of buying property or a home in Utah someday, I'm going to buy an apartment here. Um, owning an Airbnb has actually always been a big dream of mine. I don't know why. I think I would just be really good at it. And um, yeah, I am dreaming of creating a lifestyle that I'm already living, but something more sustainable where I have a home in Rio, I have a home in the United States, and we can spend as much time here as we want to. That's my dream. I even um, put in that manifestation that we would have a driver so that I don't ever have to drive and so that I always feel safe to go wherever I want. And we have a driver. <laughs> we have Luis um, driving me around in his little black Jeep, keeping me safe. He's a big guy. No one's going to mess with me or him. So... It's cool to feel these manifestations coming true so quickly. And this five days without Bruna of taking my mom, we're in Copacabana, which to me is not as safe as Ipanema. Copacabana is where all the tourists are. So we're going to be way more targeted. And our very first day there, our hotel even offers an, to give us an escort to the beach, which was across the street. And then across the street, there's a little, like, the hotel has its own little space, you know, for the beach chairs and the tent and everything. So even the hotel, they're they're putting in all of this effort to make sure that the guests feel really safe there at the beach. And I loved that. And that made me feel way better about having my mom there or leaving her there alone if we needed to. So we go to the beach on our first day and we're walking, um, we're just walking down the beach, just kind of taking it all in. I'm telling my mom, you know, pointing things out to her. The beaches in Rio are muito diferente no United States. It's so different than California. Like <laughs> if you've been to the beach in Rio and then you walk out onto the beach in like Laguna or Mission Beach, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> where's the food? Where's the people? Like, it, it, again, I will make an episode all about being in Brazil. If, if you guys want more, if you want a few episodes about Brazil, I could, I can do that. So anyways, we're walking down the beach and, um, I'm, you know, the number one secret <laughs> to traveling anywhere and to staying safe is to having your intuition on at all times and to have your 360 degrees of awareness on at all times. So as we're walking down this beach, I am completely aware of everybody within within range. Looking at everything, feeling my intuition, and I hear a little voice say, you guys have gone too far, you should turn around now. And there's like a little red flag, um, literally a red flag, like five feet away from us. And I'm like, no, we'll turn at the red flag. And my intuition goes, nope, you will turn right now. And I go, mom, I think we should turn around now. And as soon as we start turning around to walk the other way, this little kid, he had to have been, he had to have been like 14, runs up and just grabs my mom's necklace right off her neck and starts running down the beach. And he keeps looking back at us as he's running. And my mom, who was literally bought this $8 gold chain on Amazon just to wear on this trip, because... <laughs> Always, you always travel in cheap jewelry. Okay, another tip: you never travel with expensive jewelry. Um, and she's so unfazed because she doesn't care. And he was such a little kid, and she just kind of waves as he runs away. And she's like, "Oh, he broke the, he broke the chain. Now he can't give that to anyone, and it's worthless. It's metal." And I was shook because I was like, my mom is a skinny blonde white lady and, you know, I don't want her to stand out. And I'm like, God, mom, be less, be less you. <laughs> so I understand that I stand out as well too, um, but I've learned to navigate this city a little bit. So anyways, that's just 
a little example of, and that's all, that's the worst that happened. That's the worst that happened because after that, I was like, Jane, you will listen to your intuition. If we had turned around when my intuition had told me to, that wouldn't have happened. And my intuition was loud and clear. So a good reminder that we listen. And that also we don't wear jewelry on the beach. That makes you look like a palista. Cariocas don't wear jewelry on the beach, okay? If you want to look like a local, <laughs> you, you don't show up to the beach in jewelry or makeup. Anyways, so the point I'm trying to make is that I am learning to be a carioca, someone who lives in Rio. I'm learning to be in Brazil on my own, everywhere we go, ordering food, walking down the street, going to a store, talking to the guy at the front desk of our apartment, everywhere we go, the Uber driver. Not a lot of people here speak English. At the Emiliano with the fancy hotel, a lot of people there spoke great English. And that was a really good place for me to practice my Portuguese with people who understood what I was trying to say. Everywhere else, I was on my own. We ha I had to use my intuition to make sure we were safe. And I had to use my Portuguese to get around and to get us what we needed. And I was nervous because last year I would have these really frustrating days where... We would be at a restaurant and I would just order like a, a cappuccino. Can I just have a cappuccino and a tapioca with eggs, please? And they would immediately look at Bruna. And Bruna would say exactly what I had just said. And they would nod and bring it to me. And I would get so frustrated. And I had this new understanding for people who are in a new country who are learning the language and their accent is so thick that even if they are speaking English, their accent is so thick that other English speakers don't understand them. And what happens is people get intimidated and feel uncomfortable. And so, so they just, they don't try. And I'm grateful that I've never been that way. I've never been intimidated by someone's accent I've never been intimidated if someone speaks a second language. Actually, I think Bruna is the only person. <laughs> when I met Bruna and she had an accent, that was the first time ever that I was like, oh my God, she's from a different country. I can't talk to her. She's too beautiful and she, she has an accent. Oh God. <laughs> but realistically, and, and maybe, you know, and this is a lesson I learned and maybe I can pass this to you. If someone is trying to speak English to you with a thick accent, just give them patience. Ask them to say again. Ask them to say it slower. You know, it, it means a lot. And I also understand now when people don't have the patience and they just want to look to Bruna and just like have her translate. But this time I didn't have Bruna. And it was amazing to see that when people didn't have a choice when it was me or the other white lady to talk to, that they had to just try to talk to me and understand me. And I was amazed at how far I got without Bruna to lean on. I got everywhere. I got us everything that we needed using my Portuguese skills. Even if people didn't understand me, you still learn to communicate. And that's what I have just loved so much about my experiences in this country. You know, Bruna's mom doesn't speak any English. And she and I know how to communicate through touch, through our eyes, through our body language, with our hands, and of course with our words. Um... And it's really beautiful to practice that. So what I learned is, you know, the whole time I'm telling my mom, we're going to own a place here someday. I'm going to have Airbnb business here. I want to spend two months out of every year here for the rest of my life. Like, I love this country so much. And my mom kept joking, like, the universe is testing you. Are you really ready? Like, are you really able to be in this country by yourself? Oi, amor. Sorry. Would you like to say something to my podcast? Something to my podcast. <laughs> How was your run? It was great. Light rain and so warm. It was very pleasant. Yeah? Yes. I'm just telling them all about how um, I really want to be a true karaoke someday. Mm -hmm. And my week without you, the universe really asked me, okay, are you ready? <laughs> I know you've only been here once before, but we're going to give you the tests and see if you pass. Do you think I passed, Bruna? I think, yes, there's always room to improve. 
But yes, you passed. And it's funny because once Bruna got here, I was like, Bruna, just keep on letting me run the show, okay? Like, don't talk for me. I've been doing really good. I speak for myself. I don't need your help. And we get to Belmont and this restaurant is packed. There are people everywhere. It's so loud. And I'm like, Bruna, just talk to him for me. I don't want to. And I got so lazy right away because it really takes a lot of effort to communicate in a second language. So, anyways. Anyways, the, the, uh, the ocean, it's perfect right now. It's like a pool. There are no waves. And it's probably really warm, so I'll be waiting for you downstairs so we can go. Yay! I love that you guys are getting this real-life look into my day-to-day. -day. Well, the good news is that I'm almost to the end of my story. So the universe gave Jane a lot of tests this week, and also Bruna. And the funny thing is that I have my whole story, and I realize that Bruna also has her own whole story about spending Christmas Eve alone in the Atlanta airport. And uh, oh, let me tie your bikini for you, babe. And uh, getting here on Christmas Day. So I woke, my mom and I had an amazing Christmas Eve with her family. We went home very happy and we've been watching uh, Girls from Ipanema, which is called Coisa Mais Linda in Brazilian. Mwah, I'll be right out, baby. And we just, had, we just had a great night. And the next morning I woke up. <laughs> the first Christmas I have woken up anxious for my gifts in probably 20 years. I don't know. I don't know when was the last time I woke up on Christmas morning like, did Santa come? Where are my gifts? And I looked at my phone waiting for that text from Bruna that said, I'm here. I've landed. And honestly... It was one of the best Christmases that I've had in so long because I got such a special gift, right? It was I was so pissed off that Bruno wasn't with us for those first few days. Um, but I got to spend a lot of time with my mom and I got to practice my Portuguese and my culture and really navigate and um, it was really nice to spend time with my mom and to show her how well I do in this country so that she doesn't worry. Not that I don't think anyone worries about me when I'm with Bruna. <laughs> it's like if Bruna had been walking with us down the beach, no one would have stolen a necklace from us. You know, like no one messes with you when you're around Bruna. And when you get to know Bruna, you realize that this is why she is the way she is because she's from this city. And she wants to look like someone that you don't want to mess with. So you start to kind of appreciate how intimidating she looks. Um, which was all created, by the way. That's a facade that Bruna created. It's not her at all. <laughs> I'm sure most of you know that who know her. Anyways, so Bruna makes it. And her sister picks her up and brings her to our apartment. And... I just could not be more excited. I've got some Magellan for her, and she wants to go to her mom's house and eat bacalhau and all the Christmas food and hang out with the family and then go to the beach. So we took my mom to the beach and set her up, and it was actually really great because we had this... Um, the so there's attendants at the beach that kind of run their own little businesses, and I can tell you more about this in a different episode, but... There was this Italian guy, and again, this is me using my intuition. On our first day at the beach, we were walking on the boardwalk, and my mom's like, so how do we decide where to go? And I just said, I'm just going to use my intuition to choose, you know, the best spot. And then this this gorgeous Italian man's – I didn't know he was Italian – just steps right in front of us and says to us in Portuguese, like, hey, ladies, I've got two chairs for you. And I was like, you got an umbrella too? And he's like, I sure do. Come this way. And I'm like, mom, this is our guy. And we, he walks us down to the beach, and he starts setting us up, and he goes, you guys American? You speak English? And my mom's like, yeah, we do. And he's like, oh, I'm Italian. And we were like, that's so cool. And he's like, welcome. Like, I'll take care of you guys. And I was like, great. He spoke better Portuguese than he did English, so I continued with my Portuguese. But it was really nice to just feel like we, we knew a guy, right? We felt a connection with him. 
Um, and so every day we went to the beach, we would just sit in his section and let him take care of us. So we left my mom at the beach there for the day and I felt very comfortable leaving her alone there, um, because she was already kind of known in that area and, uh, she already knew how to do the beach and she's a smart lady. So we left her there and we just had a beautiful Christmas day. Um, we ate a bunch of bacalhau, which is pretty much like, it's like, if you took codfish and made jerky out of it, it's a very unique, very salty dried fish that Bruna's mom makes every Christmas. I think it's traditional in all of Brazil to have it at Christmas. Um, anyways, now I'm just rambling about our day, but eventually Bruna and I finally got to be together. She got to spend one day with us at the beautiful apartment that we rented before we went back to the beautiful Emiliano Hotel where we got to spend two days alone together. Tracy flew home. I was pretty sad that she didn't get more time with Bruna in Rio, but, you know, my mom lost her mom this year. And all the memories I have of my mom's mom is going on trips with her to New York, to Italy, to I don't know where else, all these other places. Those are my biggest memories. And so even though I was so mad that Bruna didn't get to share the experience with us, I know that looking back, I'm going to be so grateful to have those memories with my mom that it was just the two of us. So it was all shitty, but like, I'm so blessed, you guys. Like I'm sitting in the most Literally, I think my mom chose the most beautiful hotel in Rio. I was blown away by this place. Um, and she was so generous buying us, you know, two nights there to be together before we came to this beach house in Niteroi that Bruna's sister bought or rented for us. Um, I think someday we're all going to pitch in and buy a beach house down in Brazil. So, you know, guys, it's like, it's funny because, yeah, the this, this, this story sucked, but like, do you feel how much privilege there is? Like, I'm so lucky. I'm so grateful. Like, traveling, my mom always says, traveling is not for the faint of heart. It's not for everyone to do this, but this is the life I want to live. Being with this family, it's like being with my family. This family means so much to me. This country means so much to me. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Um, but I also know that it's very common. I know that I'm not the only white American who has fallen in love with a foreigner, right? An immigrant, and then become obsessed with their culture. I love Bruna. I love her country. I love her culture. I love her language. I love her family. I love everything about her. So... This is just more of the learning journey of, okay, I want to live this international lifestyle. How are we going to do it? This is how. We're both still seeing clients. I'm still teaching my classes and seeing my sanctuary students and working every day, and we're figuring it out. So, so that's the story. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm really, really curious if you're like, Jane, that was so boring. If you're still listening, I am going to assume that you enjoyed some of it and that maybe you just enjoyed, you know, having me along for the ride today for whatever you're doing. Maybe you're driving, maybe you're traveling, maybe you're going on a walk, maybe you're at home, but I'm glad that I got to be sharing this journey with you, to share my story with you. Um, the last thing I wanted to do was get on IG and complain I was only venting to my best friend, Ashley, just like, this fucking sucks, Ashley. Oh my God, this sucks. You know, like we want to be careful when things are going shitty. We want to, I like to choose one person to vent to. <laughs> and that's what childhood friends are for. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm here now and it's beautiful. And Bruna is waiting for me to go swim in the ocean in the rain with her. So I have better get going. I would love to hear from you if you have questions about what you'd like me to tell, tell about in my next episode. I really want to make another episode just talking about all the things I love about Brazil, why I love Brazil so much. So um, yeah, if you're interested in hearing more, just let me know. The only reason I made this episode today is because like 
20 of you answered my poll that you wanted to hear about it, I was amazed. I was like, okay, if y'all, if, if y'all say so, here it is. If you want to hear me rant about flying to Rio and being without Bruna, (laughs) here it is. So I hope you enjoyed the story. I hope something inspired you. I hope some nugget of this did something for you today. And uh, I hope you had a beautiful Christmas. I hope you finish up the new year with so much gratitude for everything that has happened. And if you want, I made a video yesterday for my Sunrise students on my New Year's Eve rituals, how to close up the records on 2021 and open up and manifest and plan for 2022. So if you want me to send that video to you, um, you know what? Maybe I'll just link it in the show notes. Yeah, I'm sure I can do that. I'll link it in the show notes so that you can do a little New Year's Eve ritual with me. Let me know how it goes. Let me know what you're manifesting. And I hope you have the most kick-ass year 2022 ever. I don't care what you're doing on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve doesn't matter. Spend it with someone you love. Celebrate. Go to bed before the year ends if you want to. Journal. Whatever you want to do. I think there's too much pressure put on New Year's Eve. Just enjoy it. I'm going to go jump in the ocean. Tomorrow we're going to wake up and it's going to be 2022. And there is going to be a completely, completely new energy on this planet. And we are all going to go after it this year. We are not going to stay home anymore. We are not going to hang out anymore in fear. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm over it. I'm over it. Everywhere you go, you could die. Everything you do could kill you. Let's start living this life and enjoying this earth as much as we can. Set some big goals for your year and then watch them manifest. Go download my New Year's Eve ritual. It's a video where I do it with you, okay? I love you so, so, so much. I love you so much. Happy New Year. Happy 2022.